Good morning. This morning's reading will be from John 6, chapters 1 through 14. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up to the mountain and sat there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we going to buy bread for all these people? He said to test him, for he knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a place, now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. When Jesus took the loaves, when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, Gather up the fragments left over, so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. The word of God for the people of God. Dear God, we come before you this morning and just pray that my words would be your words and just that you would speak to this congregation the words that you want them to hear. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. I'm a little bit shorter and a lot more beardless than you're used to. Um, (laughs) But my name is Ryan Pratt, the summer youth intern here at Court Street United Methodist, and I'm happy to be here. I'm a third-year college student studying social work currently at uh, Saginaw Valley State University. In the summer of 2017, I had just graduated high school. I was going to attend Lake Louise Holy Ground Camp, and that was going to be my fifth fifth and final year there. Um, Lake Louise is one of my most favorite places on earth. Um, At camp, we'd have fun, play games, grow old friendships, and begin new ones. At camp, we would play in the lake, have fun in family ties groups, but most importantly, grow our faith in God, all the while learning more about him in our twice daily church services. At Lake Louise, every year, counselors also gave students the opportunity to tithe for a good cause. This year, in 2019, the camp theme was Dive Deep, so the camp raised money for the Flint water crisis. In 2017, we had a theme of Road Trip, so that week, we raised money for a married counseling couple to travel to Ethiopia and meet the 15-year-old son that they were trying to adopt, named Teddy. This wasn't just any couple. Brad and Darcy were like second parents to me at camp and had been there for all of my five years. These two meant a lot to us campers and the counselors as well. 
They had done so much for us and put in so much time and effort into helping us campers grow our faith with God as well as just have been stellar role models in our lives. They had the passion to adopt um, because they witnessed the adoption of an Ethiopian child by their friends at church. Now, mind you, they have four biological kids already. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, (laughs) And especially when they're called to adopt their fifth child from Ethiopia. Teddy is an orphan and lives in Ethiopia in a boy's home. And in turn, the living conditions weren't very safe or healthy. And oftentimes he would go hungry and not be well cared for. Overall, the donations were going to be in aid of Brad and Darcy traveling and going on their road trip to attempt to bring Teddy home to the United States. So every year the camp would raise money for a charitable foundation or a good cause, and every year the camp would raise a couple hundred bucks for said group. That was a lot, considering the populace of the camp was ninth through 12th graders. I remember only having about 20 bucks to spare every year with a little help from my parents, and my graduate year wasn't much different. The students at camp were by no means rich, as many of us just brought enough money for lunch on the way to camp, a little bit to donate, and then lunch on the way home. But that's it. Um, But this year, the camp really felt strongly about the cause because of Brad and Darcy. We wanted to do anything in our power to help them travel to Ethiopia and get Teddy back to Michigan. It was personal this year. Other years, the camp raised money for Heifer or um, Habitat for Humanity, which is great and all. But we personally knew the the effect this money would make on the lives of people we loved. And I felt that $20 wouldn't be enough, that it wouldn't get the job done and accomplish anything. By Wednesday of that week, the camp had raised $120 among campers. That number seemed super low, and my friends and I felt super defeated. How could we ever raise enough money that would make a true difference when we had nothing left? We felt like we failed Brad and Darcy because there was seemingly nothing else we could do and uh, to help the cause that was so near and dear to our hearts, and it just seemed so hopeless. The odds were stacked against us, and in order to, make, to continue to make a difference, the method was now requiring extraordinary means because my friends and I were out of money and ideas. There's a similar aspect occurring in today's scripture lesson. Today, we read the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000 from John 6, and today we're going to take a different perspective on it and study it in a way maybe we haven't before. This is one of the most important stories in all of the Bible. There are four books in the Bible that talk about Jesus' life, and this is the only miracle mentioned in all four books. Jesus was with his disciples, and they were on a mountainside on the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he was followed by a large crowd. The crowd is mentioned in the Bible as 5,000 men, and, there are, and they were there to hear Jesus speak because he had seen the, they had seen the miracles that he had performed. So let's imagine a mountainside that leads right to the water on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus is on top of the hill with his disciples looking out at a crowd that had amassed before them. These people had been following him for a couple days at this point. As the crowd forms, it's safe to assume that the men were at the front of the crowd because in Bible times, men and women weren't allowed to eat together in public. So the fact that only men were counted gives us insight that there were potentially ten to 15,000 people there that day, including women and children. Being that only men were mentioned in the Bible, we understand that women were thought to be less than men, but we also understand that children weren't ever thought of as important, that kids back then were just thought to be non-fully formed humans and looked down on. Kids in public were meant to be seen and not heard. 
Even in the Bible, we see stories of disciples shooing children away from Jesus. It seems as if children were considered to be something like pests, an irritation, something that would distract from the adult grown-up work that was going on. As this mass of people shows up on the mount, those disciples start to sweat. They know that it would be right to provide a meal for these people, but from what they understood, no one had any food. They pulled the crowd and had no responses from any of the men. They don't want to send this crowd home hungry because, honestly, who knows how far they walked to get there. The disciples start thinking like grown-ups do, using every logistical standpoint to help decide the possible outcomes of giving. As the possibility of someone giving food became bleaker and bleaker, the disciples go to Jesus empty-handed and ask what to do. They explain that it would cost a half a year's wages to feed everyone, and that's a lot of money. Just when everything seemed hopeless, there was a shout from the back of the crowd. A boy says, I have lunch. You can have my lunch, Jesus. This young boy traveled to the front of the crowd and donates his lunch to Jesus. And to put it realistically, of the 15,000 people in that crowd, this boy was one of the least of those. He was looked down on, cast out, an irritation. And this story just brings to light the idea of kids being great at giving spontaneously and being generous with what they have. The boy in this story only had five loaves and two fish, as you can see here. And that, shoot, that's barely enough to feed me, let alone 15,000 people. But with that small donation, Jesus was able to perform a miracle and feed 15,000 people with it. Adults do give, but the circumstances surrounding it are very much different than youth. Youth don't have all the financial resources adults do, if any, meaning that youth can't just write a check to help solve a problem. Adults often use too much logical thinking to talk themselves out of giving or being generous. Adults aren't as willing to put their faith out there and give generously, knowing that God will bless their endeavors like youth do. Youth have a certain blind faith about them, where they might not know what God's going to do, but they choose to be generous and just give what they have. As we see in the story, of all the 5,000 men, no one gave up their lunch. It... Um, is it realistic to think, out of 5,000 men, everybody forgot their lunch? The adults just must have felt so embarrassed when a young boy brought his lunch up to Jesus and none of the rest of them did. That's what's so miraculous about this story. Once the young boy decided to generously donate the only thing he had to give, commentaries believe that as Jesus was making his miracle, the other people in the crowd started sharing their food and being generous with what they had, and Jesus made up the difference. This is the true miracle. By the act of true faith that the young boy expressed by giving his lunch up for Jesus, the crowd took a page out of his book and suddenly everyone ate and ate well. So adults, let's join the youth. Let's decide to step out in our faith and decide to make a difference in others' lives and in God's plan and have a blind faith. Be generous, give graciously, and trust in the Lord our God to provide great blessings upon our gifts, regardless if they're monetary gifts gifts of prayer, gifts of our bodies for physical labor, or gifts of time investment in people who need to see Jesus. Anything we can do to further God's kingdom, all while having the expectant faith that good things are going to come from it. No matter what we give, God will do miraculous things with it if we have the faith to back it up. Okay, now back to my story. At the point when my friends and I were out of money and were feeling defeated, we only had two options. One, we could plain and simply give up 
and just accept the fact that we only had $120 to give. Or we could be bold and come up with a new fundraising plan. So that's when I realized I had my electric trimmer from home. I would use this trimmer to touch up my neck hair and as such on the sides. So at camp that week, we decided to start a grooming company with all proceeds going to bring Teddy home. I was able to touch up people's hair before our dressy dinner and the camp dance. Based on this business model, my, my friend Gabe decided that if he couldn't offer more money, he'd offer the only thing he had left to give. He would offer his head. He said that for the talent show that year, we could shave the hair off his head. Now for adults, this might be a stopping point. Most adults would talk themselves out of giving in such a spontaneous way. <laughs> it would be embarrassing. You know, what would people say? You know, would they look at me different? I have to go to work tomorrow. You know, I have a meeting with my boss on Tuesday. So just as adults did not share their lunch, most adults would not shave their heads. So the premise was that anyone who would pledge a donation to the Ethiopia trip would be able to take a buzz out of his hair. So it was our cabin's turn to perform at the talent show. And we did a little barbershop routine where the joke was someone took a buzz out of Gabe's hair. Then we turned and explained what we were doing, asking for donations for Brad and Darcy's trip to go bring Teddy home. It started slowly at first, with people pledging $5, $10, etc. And as time went on, youth as well as adults started pledging more and more money to the cause, with youth and counselors coming up front with $40 and $50 donations. We even had a counselor decide to match what we could come up with and said if we raise $500 he would match it. Now that's a blessing. In about 15 minutes of time the charity jar was increased about $650 meaning that the total was well over a thousand based on counselor matches. As camp finished up that year with multiple more generous donations the camp total reached a whopping $2,300. This was by thousands of dollars a new camp record and it was by no work of our own. God moved in the hearts of the youth at camp, and simultaneously, the adults were moved by the youth's enthusiasm. Now, unfortunately, on the journey to Ethiopia, the Ethiopian government restricted all international adoptions. But even still, God used the gift of a razor and a fluffy-haired head to make a huge difference, as the money we raised was enough to buy a massive water tank for Teddy's village so that everyone could have clean drinking water as well as pay the tuition of multiple students, including Teddy, in a place where having an education is rare, as well as pay for food, school supplies, and the general well-being of the village Teddy lived in. God moved, and all it took was the blind faith of a couple of high school-aged kids who were willing to give what their resources allowed. Let's all share that same blind faith and trust that God will move when we decide to give what we can. Dear God, we come before you. And thank you for allowing us to gather safely here this morning and to hear your word and to have great faith that you will work in the gifts we give and bless our endeavors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.